Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast from SDI, the home of spiritual companionship. I'm Matt Whitney. I'm excited to share that SDI is announcing a new series of group spiritual direction sessions facilitated by Dr. Diane Millis and myself beginning May 12th, 2020. Learn more and register on our store website, sdistore.org. In this Encounters episode, Diane and I talk about how she developed her methods for group spiritual direction and what you can expect in the group Zoom sessions we have upcoming in May 2020. Dr. Diane Millis is an inspirational speaker, spiritual director, retreat facilitator, and consultant. She's the author of Conversation, the Sacred Art and Deepening Engagement, and for SDI Press, Recreating a Life, Learning How to Tell Our Most Life-Giving Story, which was named one of the best spiritual books of 2019 by Spirituality and Practice. She lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, hi, Diane. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you. Yeah, you as well. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, we are seeing each other. And if you're listening to the podcast, you are, are not seeing us, but I'm with uh, the inimitable Diane Millis, uh, who is uh, going to be offering and facilitating some group spiritual direction for SDI over the next few weeks. And, uh, and what a gift. And especially because I get to do it with you as a, as a facilitator to help run the Zoom calls and to participate. Um, I'm so excited and it's just such a, this is wonderful. I, I don't know what else to say. So thank you. Thank you for, for stepping in and, and offering this for our community. My, my pleasure. I look forward to collaborating with you on it, Matt, uh, and to, to having, um, meeting more of our membership as they participate. So thank you. Yeah, of course. And yes, the, to get to work together again, we worked very closely on your book, Recreating a Life, last year, um, which is such a gift. And it's still um, r- very resonant. And so, and a lot of what we'll talk about here as regards to group spiritual direction is in your book, Recreating yes. a Life, yes. uh, which can be purchased on our store, sdistore.org. And so let's, um, let's get into your, your methods for group spiritual companionship. Sure, sure. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I know you completed your spiritual direction training in 1999. And that a particular passion for you in your ministry has been group spiritual companioning. Yeah, I have been interested in group spiritual companioning for over 20 years now. Uh, And even as I began my training, I was already thinking about the connection between what we were learning to prepare for one-to-one spiritual companioning and how that might apply to groups. Um, at the time I started my training, I was, uh, I had been teaching courses on small group communication and interpersonal communication and family communication. So this fascination with deepening and enriching connection uh, and intimacy between people has always been of great interest to me and a passion of mine. So yeah, it just seemed like a natural fit after I had received my training to explore ways that I might bring this into to small groups. So, so yes, and a, uh, about a year or two after I completed my training, 
um, there was a beautiful synchronicity that occurred in that the college where I was teaching at the time, we were invited to apply for a major grant uh, to help deepen our students' spirituality. And uh, I was teaching at the College of St. Benedict in Minnesota at the time. Uh, and we received a very large grant from the Lilly Endowment, uh, for which I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity they provided us to start forming spiritual companioning groups with our college students. And so I, I know for many of us in our training programs, we usually see people in the second half of life who enter into this contemplative way of being uh, in conversation. But I, I felt very, very called to introduce this to the young adult college students and then to work with my colleagues in the community, other faculty members and staff members and the members of the monastic community uh, to, to help equip them to serve as facilitators for these small groups. So, so that was my first opportunity to, um, to test out some methods of group spiritual companioning. And I'm so grateful to the pioneering work of Rosemary Doherty uh, because we, we applied much of her model when we initially started. Um, and then over time, I've adapted and honed and tested and, and tried out some things. Um, but I'm very, very grateful for the, the um, immense resources she's offered us as a leader in this work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, a couple of things stand out to me. Uh, the, the way that you have honed this practice over the last, like the, what you said, 20 years. I said 1999 with a lot of emphasis, I realized, and I hope that it didn't sound offensive. 1999, whoa. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> but I was, uh, a couple of things you said there um, that, that you have been, you've been doing this for a while. And one of the things uh, that I, I read, uh, your presence article on offering group spiritual companionship. Yeah. And um, one thing you said is um, that the, the sort of boundaries that we place on spiritual direction feel blurred to you. And yes. Uh, yes. that it's, it doesn't need to be just one-on-one -on -one in a, in an office um, yeah. that you, yeah. uh, that you see spiritual companionship in a, a much more organic way and being, a, being able to happen you know, more organically and, and in groups as you have found. And the other thing you said that was, I thought was really insightful was just that how much young people have a strong sense of their spirituality. Yes. And a strong hunger and yearning to, um, to be more attuned to that, both in their own lives, but in the lives of their peers. Uh, and that was one of the that was one of the big learnings was that um, we may think of uh, a life of contemplation being a, a fairly rarefied or for a certain stage of life. And I just saw these students. Now, granted, nobody was required to participate. You know, this was always invitational. But if you offer the invitation and if you offer a clear process and structure and a covenant, um, I think people are willing to 
experiment and see if this is a fit for them. Uh, and we found that for the students who tried this out the first year, for many of them, they continued in the same group for their entire college career. So they were with the same cohort of other students, some of them for up to four years. So you can imagine the depth uh, that they had gained. Uh, and I've, I've heard, I remember recently I was at a meeting and uh, uh, one of my, a, a nun came up to me and she said, I observed one of these small groups because they met at our monastery. And I was amazed at the depth of these young people and the kinds of questions and their way of being present to one another. Hmm. So their repertoire became very, very sophisticated, um, which as a teacher, <laughs> and uh, you know, that, that just, um, that makes my heart skip a beat that this is possible that we can grow in these capacities to be present to one another in this way. Yes. Yes. And I, as a, as a former teacher, I know that feeling when, yeah. when young people are engaging with what you are offering and what, yeah. and what's doubly remarkable is that you are really just giving people agency to explore their sense of spirits without over-determining it or giving them language. Like you're simply creating these really safe containers yeah. and then sitting back and allowing people to kind of unspool themselves without judgment. I I, I, lo I love that language that you offered. There was an article written by one of our colleagues, Anne Klein, uh, a number of years ago uh, on group spiritual direction. Uh, and she talks about widening the lens. And I, I think that expanding the lens, widening the lens. And for me, that's the particular gift of spiritual companioning in a group. Um, because any encounter, expands our lands of God at work. But when we have the opportunity to meet not with only one, but two, three, four, et cetera, we're, we're expanding our understanding of the, the variety of ways in which God is at work in our lives. And it's so particular to each of us, right? And so I, it's always increased my faith immensely to to hear of another's experience and encounter and struggles and challenges as well mm. in their spiritual life. And then for me, it's expanded my understanding of God at work in my life because when other spiritual service spiritual companions to me in a group, they're helping through their questions, through their attentive presence, to to encourage me to listen more deeply within. And especially the gift of questions helps me listen and explore and consider ways that God might be at work and that I hadn't, hadn't thought about. So I think Anne was very apt in naming it, we're widening the lens, we're expanding the lens of our awareness. Yeah. Uh, and that to me is what I, I find especially uh, enlivening about spiritual companioning group. Now, I'm not trying to say I see it as a replacement for one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me, I've been uh, traveling with a group for over a decade, and I also travel one-to-one -one, uh, with my spiritual companioning. So I don't see them as a substitution. Um, there may be some folks that may 
be traveling in a group and not meeting one-to-one. Um, I just, I think it's a magnificent um, occasion for, for deepening and expanding our spiritual lives and our sense of relationality. I think that for me, mm. you know, you said you emphasize 1999. And if we took a minute to think back what our lives were like in 1999 versus 2020, uh, you know, at the time I had a phone, right, that was a flip phone. Uh, this was way before email was still pretty early on. You know what I'm saying? Our lives yeah. were so different. And so my own sense of urgency has increased about the importance of this because I now see in addition to the spiritual attunement, in, a, in addition um, to the, the deep relationality, I think it's imperative that we increase our attentiveness and sense of presence to one another in a way that it, I didn't feel a sense of urgency about in 1999. So I think just by virtue of the reality of our digital lives, I think there's something very necessary that accompanying one another in a group offers us as a container for cultivating attentiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your analogy of the the lens and the using Google Maps, I thought was really apt. Yeah. Uh, the sort of like you pull up your, your street address and you get, you know, the streets that are around your house. But if you zoom out, you get higher and higher up in elevation and you see more. And you liken that to group spiritual direction, that the more people you invite into that process, the wider the lens, the more that is seen, the more that you are seen, the more that you are known, um, the, the more vantage points to your story that, that you are able to uh, hear from, from others. And, and that's where, as my work continued to evolve with this ministry, it seemed a natural way to enter into interfaith dialogue conversations. Mm-hmm. was to use group spiritual companioning um, as a way to engage in interfaith dialogue. Uh, and, and so that was really the next phase in my work, was um, working with communities on interfaith dialogue, uh, interfaith spiritual companioning. And, um, you know, just as the, the Buddhist monks and Christian monks found in their conversations, there's always that natural converse, that natural connection through silence and contemplation um, as a starting point. So uh, those were very, very rich years of learning and discovery of how we can draw upon group spiritual companioning as we meet with people of different faiths and seekers and questers, etc. I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that Diane's book, Recreating a Life, uh, received recognition as one of the top spiritual books of 2019 from Spirituality and Practice. That book is available through SDI Press. You can purchase it for $14.95 on our website, SDI Store. 
sdi.org. I also wanted to mention a special SDI webinar that we are doing with author Mirabai Starr called Mystic Wisdom in Uncertain Times, a four-part conversation series with Reverend Seifu Anil Segmalaris beginning May 8th, 2020. Mirabai will be sharing on insights on spiritual companionship through the lens and contexts of St. Teresa of Avila, Ram Das, Grief and Loss, and the Divine Feminine. All our webinar offerings can be watched live and are also recorded so you can watch them at your convenience. You can register for either or both of these webinars by calling our office at country code one, area code 425-455-1565, or by going to our online store, sdistore.org. Diane, in your first book, Conversation the Sacred Arts, you describe in detail one approach you developed to group spiritual companioning, that of a journey conversation. Uh, can you tell us more about what you learned through that work and why, how you came up with the title journey conversation? So Matt, as we were just discussing, I, I really felt the call, uh, this seemed to be a natural progression to use group spirit to draw upon group spiritual companioning for interfaith dialogue mm -hmm. and so journey conversation then was the next iteration where you know that my assumption was we're all on a journey no matter what faith we identify or claim as our own uh and so um that what was wonderful about that work is here again we started on a number of college campuses uh, and this was now around uh, 2010 2011 where there was a growing interest in interfaith encounters um, on college campuses and so for me the the, the one thing i discovered a uh, very important thing uh, was how we can use the group spiritual companioning to help cultivate these young adults' sense of attention, attention to however they name the divine or the mystery, and attention to that within themselves, within their hearts. So we invited them into different forms of silent contemplation at the beginning of each conversation so that they could get attuned to what was going on within them and how they named that and make meaning of that. Then we also, through the conversations, invited them to offer the gift of their attention to the other uh, and a way of listening to the other, not to feel a need to give advice, right? Which a lot of college students feel the need to do but that they could really learn to accompany another by offering them the gift of a question, a question that would help them listen deeper themselves to what was going on. So we, we always say, now what can you ask this person um, that will help them listen more deeply within? So we taught them the skills of contemplative questions. Hmm. Uh, and that really, they said how much that changed their way of being in relationships, both in the circle and outside of the small group. And then thirdly, you know, um, as I've written about since then, especially for our spiritual direction colleagues, 
the 18 to 25, that, that phase of young adulthood is when we now have the capacity to begin to self-author our own narratives. Mm-hmm. And so these groups were designed to help people give voice to the stories, the story of their faith journey, however they defined it, the stories of the significant moments in their lives. So it was also an occasion for them to do some deep reflection um, on how, how they thought of the divine at work in their lives or what they might be searching for in terms of that deeper quest. Yeah. Um, so I learned a lot about developmentally young adults in this quest to self-author. Uh, so that, that was, a, it was a wonderful time. Uh, one thing I knew for sure at that point is that silence is the common denominator and silence is the common practice. Um, and so uh, the students, although there might have been some initial um, re- reluctance to, to sit quietly together, it didn't take long for them to grow in comfort and ease and appreciation for the gift of that contemplation. And, and by the time we would finish, after they traveled together for a semester, we would start to read in the re- evaluations um, that the, the peaceful presence that they had practiced together in their small group was carrying out into the rest of their lives. Wow. Which was, and then you can imagine that my, my sense of appreciation Uh, That it wasn't just specific and immediate, but it had this larger potential for transformation in their everyday lives, Mm -hmm. which is ultimately what what our hope is in our ministry. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Mm, That's beautiful. And just beautiful to hear like what a gift it is to just introduce silence and, and allow the silence to do the work. Yes. Yes. And then to see how impactful that is. Yes. Yes. I often have one of my favorite PowerPoint slides that I use in a lot of my retreats and presentations is two words, silent equals listen. You know, they both contain the same letters, right? And I've, I've seen what? nothing better. Yeah. I've seen nothing. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> I think the term is it's an anagram, right? I'm the same it down, like, letters. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. L-I-S. What? There it is. Whoa. There it is. And and so I have found no matter what sectors I work in, you know, I've been invited into groups of attorneys and accountants and different corporate places. And if you ask them to experiment with silence. You, they discover their own deeper capacity to listen. So this isn't just for those of us with a particular religious inclination. Yeah. I think I have found this to be quite universally true for, for folks that are, that are drawn, that are invited into this. Mm-hmm. 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 Beautiful. Let's get into your methods. Uh, uh, which you, which you write extensively about in your, in your book, uh, recreating a life. Um, and in that book, you introduce us to the four, four, four process, uh, the four, four, four process for group spiritual companioning. Um, what, what does that mean? Why, why that? Why four, four, four? Yeah. Yeah. 
So we developed the 444 because we discovered that 90 minutes is, is typically the minimum amount of time that a small group needs to have both time for silence, time for slowing down, time for attuning and being present to one another and to their hearts. And then after each person has had a chance to, to share some time for debrief. And so if you look at a 90-minute time frame, we saw that if we had about 15 minutes to open and 15 minutes to close, then four people could speak in that hour, which is about 15 minutes each. Yeah. And the 444 then became a way to fit into that 15-minute window. So what is the 444? The 444 is that each person has four minutes to, to speak about whether it's the guiding question for their time together, whether it's whatever they want to bring to the group at that particular session. They have four minutes initially to, to share what it is they want to share. And then in the next four minutes, they hear from their companions. Uh, and their companions have four minutes total to respond to what they have just heard the person share. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they'll often talk about what they've noticed and what the other person said, what they appreciate in what the other person said and what they wondered about. Uh, and so the, the other group members take turns offering what they're noticing, what they're appreciating or learning and what they're wondering about. And then the third four minutes, we come back to the original person who had spoken and then they have a chance to respond uh, and deepen their reflection based upon the wonderings, the noticings, the appreciations they've received from the group members. Uh, so it's a very, it's a very structured process. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's very time specific. I invite small groups to you know, keep time either using an egg timer or somebody setting their phone yeah. uh, so that when the four minutes is up, a chime rings and people know it's time to wrap up. Um, and if we honor that 444, after the 12 minutes is up, we then can sit together in silence and appreciation for what has just been shared. And then we invite whichever group member would like to go next to contribute. So as I say, you can have a very meaningful, deep sharing and responding to each group member in a group of four within an hour. Hmm. Um, and, um, so that's, that's how we came up with the 444. Uh, some, I've experimented and tested what is the minimum amount of time people need to, to offer a meaningful story, a meaningful, um, uh, reflection on their spiritual lives. And I have found, cause I've, as I say, Matt, I've tested this out for a lot of years now and in a lot of different sectors. And when people first begin in group spiritual companioning, they often speak for on average about two and a half minutes. 
And so although four minutes may not sound very long, when you are speaking without being interrupted, it's a fair amount of time. So when people first begin, it's usually about two and a half minutes, but I've seen even experienced speakers who, if you ask them to go six minutes, may not go that long. Um, that usually four minutes is really a nice sweet spot to yeah. offer a meaningful contribution. And I found when people are limited in what they can say, they're far more deliberate. They speak more mindfully. And that to me as a, is as important a part of this process as is the listening to one another. We learn to listen more deeply to ourselves hmm. and speak with greater intentionality. Yeah. So that's that's the four four four, um, and if you just had three, which I think you need a minimum of three, right, for right. a small group, mm -hmm. triads can be very very powerful. Uh, you know, then it's conceivable that you open together with some contemplation, silence, perhaps a reflection. You each have a fifteen minute turn. You have a fifteen minute time to conclude. It's conceivable that you'd have a seventy five minute session. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly for a group of four, 90 minutes works well. And I'm sure you want to ask me, but Diane, what if you have a group of seven or eight? <laughs> or what if you have a group of nine or 10? I'm dying to ask you. Because <laughs> it's a question I get a lot. <laughs> what if you get seven Of course eight? you are. Of course you are. I'm dying to... <laughs> and uh, so I have found... Um, that that works equally well. We either need to share an entire day retreat together, yeah. right? Or we need to take turns that this, during this meeting, this month, four of us will share. And it, when we meet again next time, whether it's the week after next or the following month, then four more of us can share. So hmm. I'm trying to suggest we limit our small groups to four. I'm not trying to suggest that at all. What I'm trying to suggest is the 444 lends itself to to fitting four very meaningful turn-taking of spiritual companioning into an hour segment. And that was why, as I mentioned earlier, necessity really was the mother of invention to yeah. fit that into a time frame. Yeah. Well, it strikes me too as just being a really gentle offering for the group, the retreat groups that you work with who are maybe not so familiar with spiritual direction. So maybe you and I can spend a 50-minute session talking about our feelings and our walk with the divine and everything. But for somebody who has not done a lot of that before, I can imagine that much time can be really intimidating. So it's fascinating to me to you know, to hear you have, have kind of landed at this, this four minute and two and a half minutes of sharing points that maybe that's just the the most hospitable amount of time to give somebody in in that paradigm. You know, thank you so much for your way of naming that. I hospitality is something I aspire to as a facilitator and a teacher. Uh, and I, that I think is what I have found to be the case. I, I also want to, to underscore your observation that uh, perhaps the 444 isn't the end-all be-all for the duration of a group's history together. It's a wonderful starting point. Mm -hmm. And over time, especially if you do have more spaciousness with one another, 
uh, that then you may easily move into, you know, expanding uh, around the, the time people share and respond to one another. I think there's always a time and a place for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I do think there's an accessibility to this. Mm -hmm. um, I do think the equity in it is really important. I have found, even though it seems so structured um, and maybe verging on inflexibility, people report to me time and again, Matt, that it creates so much freedom. And I think the reason it creates freedom is we're not concerned that somebody's going to go on talking forever, yeah. right? That and the extroverts aren't going to dominate, and the introverts aren't going to get lost, yeah. right? There's just a, a a really remarkable equity that creates freedom for folks. And then once those norms are in place, then it's, then it's easy to deviate from that time, right? Yeah. Because I think then it becomes a norm mm -hmm. um, that the interaction time is more equitable. But especially, we know with every small group, there's a period of norming. And so to have this structure in place, I have found create safety for folks, even for folks who object to it at first. I can remember I had a student, and this student became the one of the biggest proponents for this approach, but she initially, she said, I'm a feminist. This seems very Western and male to, to enforce this kind of time limit. Um, but she came to see the gift in it. And she came to see that it was hospitable hmm. because everybody then did have that equity in sharing and being heard and being responded to and, and being able to respond to others' responses. Yeah. Well, yeah. So really briefly, we're, we are going to be co-facilitating group spiritual direction in your 444 method uh, through through SDI and our digital refuge and uh, over Zoom. And yes. so yes. Um, what are your hopes for, for these four sessions that we're going to uh, facilitate for people who gather in these small groups? Well, I think given the fact of the, the period that we're in right now, mm -hmm. um, my first hope is particular to this very um, unusual time in our, in our collective life. So I, I really hope we can offer a place of deep connection, a community for deep connection in this period of uh, social distancing, and for some isolation, right? So that's my first hope, hmm. is, is specific to the world we are living in and the conditions right now, is that opportunity for deep connecting and community building. Um, the second is, uh, and this is the teacher in me, I, I, really, I really enjoy introducing this kind of specific approach. There are many approaches to group spiritual companioning, um, uh, and and they all have their respective benefits, and and I enjoy introducing this uh, to folks, uh, especially because I think so many of our colleagues are eager to try this out in their own ministries. So I'm looking forward to um, people having more experience with the 444 for themselves. Uh, and we'll be inviting people to travel with the same group over the course of the four weeks. So they'll get a chance to see how their relationships will deepen over that time. 
And yeah. I look forward to hearing their, you know, we'll learn a lot from that, Matt, together. And then thirdly, you know, I really hope that we'll increase our sense of solidarity mm-hmm. um, as a community of spiritual directors uh, and our call to service. You know, each of us, I think, is discerning how can we best contribute to this particular time, to this particular need in our world. Uh, and so I think these, I hope these conversations will um, give us an opportunity for that deep discernment personally and collectively. Yeah, I, I guarantee that it will. <laughs> I don't hope I know because... <laughs> Um, just knowing you and and knowing your 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 gracious teaching and ability to create space for people um, is proven and so I I am also excited just as a guide and training to get to get to witness the master at work and uh, and and to to experience that so I also you know want to invite any students who are who are learning spiritual direction or anyone who is just curious about how to do spiritual companionship this is a really gentle way of experiencing it and easy to learn and easy to share with others yes for me accessibility has always been uh, my number one aim it's a very accessible approach and as you mentioned hospitable those are those are of great value to me uh, in my ministry yeah mm-hmm. well beautiful this is this is fun and I'm glad that this is the beginning of our of our group spiritual direction conversation and so I will look forward to spending this time with you over the next several weeks Matt the pleasure is mine thank you SDI's group spiritual direction package with Dr. Diane Millis will include four 90-minute sessions over Zoom, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, starting May 12th. Our time together will include centering in shared silence, group spiritual companioning in groups of four, and collective reflection and meditation. You can expect to gain familiarity and experience practicing a specific approach to group spiritual companioning, Diane's 444 method. Join us and co-create an occasion for community building in this period of social distancing and increase our sense of solidarity and service as spiritual caregivers in these uncertain times. Spots are limited, so register now at sdistore.org. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us share and spread the word about the life-giving practice of spiritual companionship, you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast through your favorite app. You could give us a like or even write us a review. Thank you for listening. This is Matt Whitney with Spiritual Directors International. Thanks again for listening. Your time and your presence here are deeply appreciated. If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. 
To learn more about spiritual companionship and ways that you can plug in and join our community, visit us at our website at www.sdiworld.org. Thank you. Blessings and peace on your day. And may you share blessings and peace to others.